Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome in to another episode of the Hot Box Talk Podcast. Here with your host, Corey and Khalil. How are you doing today, bro? What's going on with you? Chilling, bro. How about yourself? I like Feeling it. good. Let's get straight into it, man. NFL Honors was two nights ago, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good night. I didn't really watch it. I'll be honest. I just watched when they announced the winners that came out. But good night overall, in my opinion, for most of the awards. I believe everybody was deserving of the awards. Actually, that were won. I, I personally don't have anything against any of the award winners. I do believe Aaron Rodgers should have been the MVP, which had a great season from him. Sad some contests with Brady right there, but ultimately, I believe Aaron Rodgers should have been an MVP. What did you think about the MVP trophy, and uh, was it deservingly for for Rodgers, or do you think Brady or somebody else should have won it? No, I think I'm with you. Um, Aaron Rodgers definitely deserved the MVP award. Um, I think I think with Aaron, his value to Green Bay is just I think it's just unmatched. I think only maybe Lamar and Baltimore. And maybe your guy in Arizona and obviously Brady in Tampa Bay as far as teams who need their quarterback the most as far as, like, this operation will not go unless this particular guy is here running the helm. So I think with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, it was that all year. And we saw in the playoffs that he is not allowed to have a pedestrian game or else they will lose. So I think that's what uh, the embodiment of the the embodiment of the MVP award, award is about, and I definitely felt as though he deserved it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought they could have snuck Brady in, maybe because he retired, if they would have been able to couple people that just didn't end up voting for Aaron Rodgers. But like you said, I do believe that he was the most deserving, and he is also, like you said, the most valuable player towards his team. There's a lot of players like that, but ultimately the quarterback will come down to it. So then you had the Offensive Player and Defensive Player of the Year awards. Again, two awards that pretty hands down, bar none, easy, easy picks. You have Cooper Cup probably looking like one of the greatest white receivers to do it, honestly. <laughs> and then you had him probably you had him probably competing with Jonathan Taylor in the award overall. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor kind of slowed down and then Indy not getting to the playoffs in that week 18 matchup kind of easily knocked him out of the race and not even giving him a shot. Definitely. But um anything on Cooper Cup season for you, I mean I like I said, I think he was pretty deserving of that award. And um, I didn't think the NFL wanted this type of season from that type of player in that type of position to ever be forgotten. So he had to get this in the record books for Cooper Cup season. What do you think about that? I mean, I agree with you. We can't say that in vain because um, statistically, this is the greatest season ever for a wide receiver, both uh, including regular season in the playoffs and not to foreshadow our Super Bowl segment. I think he'll just cap it off with a great performance tomorrow. Um, I Honestly, to talk about Jonathan Taylor, I don't really understand the Jonathan Taylor train. I mean, he obviously had a great year, but we know from being in the same fantasy league and just following NFL, he really didn't really pop off until about week four, week five, which I think ultimately set him back in getting it. Um, Derrick Henry getting hurt also was something that went in his favor because we all know he was probably going to run away with it had he stayed healthy. But yeah, Coop definitely deserved it. Um, shout out to Jonathan Taylor, though. You also had a great year. Are you upset Mac Jones didn't win? Are you thinking that he should have won it or or Jamar Chase, Mr. Grady himself, should have won it? No, I mean, obviously I'm biased, so I think Mac definitely – he had a great – he had a season that definitely could have gotten him rookie of the year in a normal season. If you don't have a receiver, have the type of season that Jamar Chase had, I think Mac Jones wins rookie of the year 
in a normal NFL season. But just like with Offensive Player of the Year, sometimes there's just a candidate that has such a prolific season, you have no choice but to give him the award, Jamar Chase's. I think he was, what, fourth overall in, in receiving yards for the entire league. So, I mean, there you have it. Even yeah. though I do believe Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback last year, like I said, some guys just have seasons that it just there's just no debate. Shout out Mac, though. Yeah, he broke Jetta's uh, receiving record that Jetta's had broke the year before. So I don't think we'll see another train of, of a rookie receiver breaking our own record like that because we hadn't seen it in a long time. But just just speaks to how special those two guys are. And then defensively slipping on the ass side. Defensive player of the year, again. <laughs> I think the NFL was pretty clear cut. But again, NFL defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, tying straight, uh, Michael Strahan's sack record, 22 and a half sacks. What do you think about TJ Watt? I know that we have his brother, JJ Watt, so I get a little bit of a more in-depth look into the Watts as a whole. But TJ Watt, this guy is an absolute monster to me. Seems like every time the Steelers needed to make a play happen, he was there for them. What do you think about his season and um, him tying the sack record? And do you think he could probably do this again, still being 28 years old, only 20 years, uh, 28 years old, I should say? No, that was about to be my next point. He tied Strahan's sack, sack record with 22.5, and I think he missed about three games, and he came out in the first half against the Browns in one game this year, I believe. So for sitting out three and a half games to still tie the all-time sack record, yes, you deserve defensive player of the year for something like that. And I also think if they have another – if he has another healthy season where he plays at least out of 17 games, at least about 14 to 15 of those, I think he'll put himself in position next year to be right around that. 20, 21, 19 sack um, total next year. But TJ Watt, you had a great year. Um, <laughs> honestly, I feel like um, – so Aaron Donald was also in the conversation, right? And then I think Trevon Diggs was also in the conversation, right? Who else was uh, – what, what were the candidates? Trevon Diggs, Aaron Donald. That really was the main guys. And maybe mm -hmm. Parsons, if you want to sneak him in as well. Right, right, That right. was another guy. But uh, other than that, those were pretty much the core guys – Trying to just look at the list overall, see who maybe snuck in the voters. So, JC Jackson, maybe if maybe, maybe the voters from Boston, maybe. Think, I think it was those top two and then those those middle two, and then right, right, everybody else at the end. So, but no, my point to the list was similar to offensive player of the year and rookie of the year. I really don't think there was a candidate that I could have saw winning this award other than the guy who won it. TJ mm -hmm. Watt definitely had a great year, and I think um, he'll just um, build on that next year and for years to come since he is so young, like you said. Coach of the year, though, um, Mike Brabel of the Tennessee Titans went ahead and got coach of the year. Um, obviously, he had a definitely had to show some resilience this season, losing his star running back and still going whatever his record was with Tannehill and A.J. Brown. They were definitely a depleted team. Um, I feel as though my coach should have got it, Bill Belichick, just for making the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, really going through a full rebuild in one offseason, transforming our roster around, transforming our win total around, really just bringing back life to the New England Patriots after such a bleak year in 2020 so i was interested to know how you felt about variable winning it i really don't i definitely don't think he deserved it he definitely deserves to be in the conversation i believe but i don't i don't think he deserved it to win it over belichick or a few names honestly so what do you think about that i mean as a as a betting as a betting man as you know i am as we both are personally i follow this titan team a lot because i had a i did personally have a lot of stake on them mostly in a lot of weeks because they were a team that the week one performance against them kind of blurred the lines of how they could be. Mm -hmm. And then so 
I think that he deserved it. Now, when I say when I say that, I mean, I do think watching them at the end of the season, they weren't an impressive team. And then you watch them and you see now the only excuse that they are given, at least in the whole aspect of that, is because they lost Derrick Henry. So mm-hmm. you lose your main guy that, that gets everything going. But him still having the record that they had, the positioning that they finished with all the injuries they also had as well. I know a lot of people talk about the Ravens and their injuries, and I do agree they had a lot of injuries. And the Titans also used had a lot of injuries, but also used 90-something, 100-something players throughout the entirety right. of the season. Right. So that means a big thing because you're bringing guys in week in and week out where you're right. trying to teach them a whole playbook for one game or a whole game plan for one game a week. So it's a, Belichick, I think he, he, he should, of course, deserve some votes every year because of what he does. Mm-hmm. But the way that y'all ended the season kind of put that on a back burner versus them kind of winning out and winning the bigger games that they needed to secure a one spot and to see that where you had uh, Joe Burrow doing his thing. You had the Bills coming back alive after their midseason slump. So honestly, I mean, I think he was deserving. I can see as a Patriots fan why you would say that, but I do think that he was pretty deserving and and getting that. So ultimately, yeah. Into the game now. Rams, we'll stay on them. What do you think going into it, at least going into today, what do you think is the Rams' best chance? Just before you even think about a score or anything like that, just what do you think is the Rams' best chance at winning this football game? Well, I think the obvious, I think the obvious first key is dominating the trenches. I think that's the I think that's the key that you and I both know is probably the most important. It's the key that, in my opinion, held the Chiefs back from winning the Super Bowl last year. So we know how important it can be if your offensive line is not there. We've seen what the Bengals' offensive line can do in their worst in their worst day on their worst day against Tennessee, and we've also seen what what their line can do on better days. Only giving up, I think, one or two sacks last not last week, but two weeks ago to the Chiefs. So their line is up and down. But Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller. I think those names have a pretty good day. I think it starts there, and I think it all trickles back, going from them to Jalen Ramsey in the secondary to Eric Weddle, who was at home on his couch like you and me a month ago, but I think is about to be a world champ in about 24 hours. But I think it all starts on defense, and I think Sean McVay puts Matthew Stafford in early positions to succeed. Might have a few might have a few misdirection plays where the receiver's right there in front of you. Don't really have to squeeze it on the tight windows early just to get his arm loose, get his receivers going. And then the second half, I think it'll be a reverse of what happened in their game against Tampa, where at first half they seemed to be pointed on, and the second half they just went cold outside of maybe a few real chunk plays. I think the first half is more conservative than the second half is when they turn it on. I think the defense goes into the locker room with momentum in the first half. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, and those boys finish it off in the second half and ultimately – um, leads to a Rams W. Well, definitely gave me a prediction a little too early, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now moving for me personally, I think for the Rams, you could it on the head. Um, the number one thing for me and their best chance to win the game, obviously, will be the D line. If they put Burrow on his back, I mean, they put Burrow on his back nine times against Tennessee and still got up and won a game. Now, we know Tennessee's offense, especially without Derrick Henry, and the way they were using Derrick Henry is pretty mid, so.
what I will tell you is that the Bengals, they're going to keep fighting. And if he, they keep fighting, if they don't knock Burrow out enough to get him down, then it's going to be a lot going on, obviously. But like you said, the trenches will be a key factor for the Rams. And then for me, one of the second biggest factors is the play-action game. If they don't get the play-action game going enough to the point where the Ram, the Bengals can feel they can stop the run with about four or five players just in the box alone, Jesse Bates, there's four names. I have four names for the world that if the Bengals win the game, these four names should be mentioned on every headline if they're not. Jesse Bates, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Vaughn Bell. Those four guys will shut down the middle of the field. They've been doing it all postseason long. The second half of the game against the Chiefs, they shut them down. You can stop McVay from going across the middle of the field, have your DBs playing outside leverage on the guys. It'll be a long day for Cooper Cup. It'll be a long day for him because if he can't attack the middle of the field and you leave him to the outside, gang tackle him, he can't be as great of a guy when he's killing you when he when he's uh instead of him going across the middle, I should say. So me for the Bengals, I think it will be attacking the secondary of the Rams. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd are good enough to defeat the Rams secondary in the way that they play football. It's a lot of man up quarters coverage that they play. A lot of a lot of four deep zone plug coverage they play. Sometimes Ramsey will be a rover in the middle at points. But if he has to ultimately stay with Jamar Chase, I think Burrow and Taylor, and Zach Taylor, the coach, can mm-hmm. come up with a good enough game plan to attack quarters coverage. Uzama, especially if he plays, will be huge for them because tight ends have hurt the Bucks. I mean, have hurt the Rams throughout the entirety of the season. Hasn't, hasn't really come along in the playoffs, I should say. So maybe I can, I'm going to eat my words on that point. But I do believe that Uzama is somewhat of himself, at least 75 to 80, 85% of himself. He can have a good game against this Bengals second. I mean, I guess his Rams secondary. So for me, it'll be, of course, the Bengals offense just doing anything. But like I said, for me, secondly, it'll be their defense stopping the run. If their defense can stop the run and force them into a drop back game, you can play the type of coverages that they like to play. Mm-hmm. You saw it a lot against the Chiefs. You saw a lot of man. A lot of mm-hmm. robber looks, a lot of bringing safeties down. So, do I think they double Cooper Cup? Yes. Do I think they have to do it for the entirety of the game? No, because of the, how good their linebackers are and how good they are in coverage. So, for you, what do you think about the Bengals' best chance to win this game and come out victorious? Um, like Even though you said, have the Rams, I'm sorry. Even though you had the Rams. right, right, right. But the Bengals, the Bengals factors, the winning, I believe, is just sticking to their script. I think Burrow and Chase have gotten you here. You got to ride that car until it no longer can drive. I think with the D line, I think the run game, I'm hearing a lot on TV that Joe Mixon will have to be a, a breakout player in order for them to have a chance. I agree that he'll have to be useful here and there, but I think this will have to be a Joe Burrow air raid attack. I think there's receivers who have to come up big. All three of them, four of them, like you named, I think Mixon will be used a lot in the passing game on quick checkdowns and uh, wheel routes just to get it out quickly with those guys coming for him each and every snap. But I think, I think unless Joe Barrow, unless Joe Barrow has an amazing game through the air, which he's capable of, I just don't, I just, I just, I just don't see them winning. But I think if they are going to win, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that receiving corp will have had to have had 
an amazing game. Will have had to have a great game. All right, so from the the betting angle, because we do like to bet our hard-earned cash on these games and sports in general. Heavy on the hard-earned. <laughs> <laughs> Looking into the spread of the game, at least, you have told us that you had the Rams winning. You haven't given us a score yet, but you have told us that you had the Rams winning. Their spread for them opened at minus three and a half. Bengals, it has not I – mean, minus three and a half for the Rams, I'm sorry. It has now mm-hmm. moved to minus four. Mm-hmm. or some places minus four and a half. I know that you have just placed your bets for the Super Bowl, a couple props, anything that you'd like, at least want to give the people out real quick. And also, Actually, what do you think about this three and a half, four line? Which side would you be on if you think, do you think, even if the, even if you had the Rams winning, do you think that four is covered? Do you think that four gets covered? These are official bet slips from FanDuel at a local casino that Corey and I frequent very often. Um, I think the Rams will both win and cover tomorrow. We'll get into score predictions later, but I think they'll cover that. Um, I think they'll cover that four. I have them winning by six. So I think, so yeah, obviously, obviously if I'm winning by six, I think they'll cover. I think they'll win. I think, I think it's time, man. I think it's time. Want to get into some quick hitting props right now. Just a quick yes or no over or under for a couple of these guys. One of the bigger players in the game. Mm-hmm. Gonna start with our quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, passing yards. They have it set around 284 and a half. Is he going over or is he going under? He's showing a slip. <laughs> Something like that's it over. I have I have Stafford going over 283. I have we, we haven't gotten a bro yet, so I'll wait for him. But I got Stafford. Throwing over 283, um, his last games, we we know how the Rams play. If they want to win, he has to throw it. He has to throw it often. He has to hit his receivers a lot. Cooper Cup, we'll get to his receiving props later. Odell Beckham, we'll get to his later as well. But I think in order for the Rams to win, it has to be a Rams game on both sides of the ball, and we know what a Rams game on offense looks like. Burrow, his is set around 276.5. Are you going over or under that? Mm, well, I have Joe Burrow under two set on my ticket. He's two seventy eight and a half. I have him under that. Um, I think he'll throw a lot of times, but I think he'll get the. I think they'll get to him. I think it'll be a lot of short passes. I don't think there'll be too many chunk plays. Um, I think I, I think he'll be on the ground, man. I'm not gonna lie. I think he'll have a lot of. I think he'll be running for his life most of the game. I think he's Joe Burrow, so there will be some amazing throws within the game, but no, I don't think he hits that benchmark of 270. Cooper Cup, his line is set around 104 and a half yards receiving. Is he going over or under that number? Me personally, for you answer, I think he's going under, but you go ahead and give us your answer. Is he going over or under that number? I agree. I think he's going under, but I still think he'll have a dominant game just because he'll garner so much attention. And when he does catch passes, I think they'll all be huge situational um, reception. So, yeah, under 205, under 105 for cup, but still a great game. Uh, number one man in Cincinnati, while they do work in a trio, Jamar Chase is getting a little bit underloved than Cooper Cup is. Jamar mm-hmm. Chase's line is set around 80 and a half yards. Over or under on him, I'm going to go over for him. I don't think he's really scared of Jalen Ramsey if he is getting matched up in that one-on-one coverage. Plus, the dynamic connection between the quarterback and the wide receiver has to come alive if the, if the uh, 
Bengals want to stand a chance. So is he going over or under for you, 80 and a half yards? I have over as well. Um, I think Chase is Burrow's main man. So I think in order for them to win, he'll have to look for him early and often. Um, I think his targets alone will allow him to reach that benchmark of 78, which it is on my ticket. It's probably grown out of 80, but I got 78 and a half. For Jamar Chase, I think he'll – I definitely think he'll hit that. Probably hit in the first half, honestly, if not mid-third quarter, in my opinion. For the defense, want to go on one real quick because it could possibly make some money for a lot of people here. Aaron Donald or Von Miller to record two-plus sacks. Is that a good bet for the people? I know that you have a lot of thought that they could be putting Burrow on his behind a lot in this game. Would you recommend a two-plus sack bet for anybody for Von Miller or Aaron Donald in this game? If I had to put my money on one of those two reaching a two-sack checkpoint, it would probably be Vaughn only because I know AD will probably be quadruple team tomorrow. So that would probably leave, that would probably leave a lot of free lanes for both Floyd and Vaughn to be in one-on-one situations. They get to dominate. Vaughn Miller, man, he's he's turned back the clock in ways that I don't even know. He looks like Super Bowl MVP Vaughn again. His bend, like his bend when he's coming around the edge, chasing the quarterback is literally identical. I saw I saw two still shots back to back earlier today. It's literally identical of what it was in 2015 when they were champions in Denver. So if I had to pick one Vaughn because Aaron will get the main attention on defense. All right now. Now we step into the overall winner of the game and Super Bowl MVP of the game. So you've kind of given out hints that you're going L.A. all day, every day. Not every day. Just Not every day. Not every day. Just February. Fit, uh, I keep forgetting the day. February 13th, 2022. You have them. What is the final score prediction that you have in the game and that you put your money on to win? And who is your Super Bowl MVP that'll be talking away with the trophy or whatever he gets for the Super Bowl MVP and a trip to Disneyland? I don't know if you can see this, but my final score prediction is Rams 30, Bengals 24. I think it'll be a close game. Like I said, I think this will I think this game will have a lot of similarities between um the Rams and the Tampa Bay Bucks as far as just score range and um and as far as just um, the Rams just leading the entire game and then doing what they need to do to win it at the end, um, I definitely think the Bengals will make it close. I think the Bengals will keep it close. Um, but, yeah, I like the Rams. Um, how about you? I've gone back and forth with this game a lot, especially over this last week. I haven't really wanted to think about football personally because the Rams make me sick to my stomach seeing them in this game. <laughs> but – I am a football fan, so I will enjoy this game because this is my favorite sport, so I'm going to lock in completely. I, Everything inside my body and my heart is telling me I'm riding with the Bengals, right? Everything. But from personalities, from the team that they're playing, from the <laughs> players that they have, from the things I think they can do or where I think they can be. But, 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 but. <laughs> They've been here before in this situation, at least McVay has, and I know Aaron Donald has. And the thing I keep 
coming back to is the finger pointing after sacking Jimmy Garoppolo and forcing the game-winning turnover. I keep coming back to that play and that motion that he does. Almost like it's just planned and processed throughout everything. And I think he and Vaughn Miller will be overall just game breakers in this game. And it's not even to the point where, oh, I'm like, I don't think Joe Burrow can maneuver. I don't think he can keep getting up. It's just to the point where you're timing off that snap, the way they get off him, the way Vaughn gets off, the way AD gets off, the way uh, Leonard Floyd gets off, the way uh, Gaines gets off, and they get they get uh, Sebastian Joseph Day back. They have multiple players on this D-line, A'shaun Robinson as well, that could make it very, very cloudy for the Bengals' offensive line. I do think that it was a, a one-off for them to give up nine sacks like that. Do I think they're giving up nine sacks? No. Do I think they're giving up at least 15 to 20 pressures? Yes. And on 15 to 20 pressures instead of 10 to 12 pressures or 10 to 15 pressures will make five to six plays that change the dynamic of a game. So I am with you on the score for the Rams, but I'm going to give the Bengals an extra field goal, and I'm going to go with a 30 to 27 game for the Rams. But in a surprising one, I will go with a Super Bowl MVP in Vaughn Miller, because mm. I do believe that he's walking away with two, two and a half, maybe three sacks against this Bengals offensive line. And you'll see a performance like you did in his own and his very own Super Bowl with the Broncos with just wrecking the game overall and, and being a menace, ruining the game for Joe Burrow and a promising, promising Bengals. I want to ride with y'all so badly. I will be cheering and y'all just I will be cheering for the Bengals. But in my heart of hearts, it tells me that the, the Rams may just have too much, especially on that defensive line against the Bengals offensive line, and they will come out victorious 30-27 and win the Super Bowl. Nice. Um, I definitely didn't share my um Super Bowl MVP. I think it'll just they'll just keep it traditional. I think Stafford um will be named Super Bowl MVP, unless, like you said, one of the somebody on the defensive line has a crazy all-world all-time uh performance and they win it but barring that i think matthew stafford is super bowl mvp but there was one prop real quick that i wanted to ask you about that i went ahead and put on a ticket um both receiving yards for odell beckham 63 and a half and rushing yards for cam Akers 63 and a half surprisingly they're both at the same number um i got cam under and odell over um, some people told me today that Cam Makers might have a crazy game tomorrow because um just because of how poor uh Cincy's run rush defense was in the regular season, being ranked dead last. That was news to me when I found that out. Um as I was walking out of the casino, I was like, damn, they had the last worst rushing defense. And I said the guy's not gonna reach it. Like I might be crazy, but I still don't think he'll reach it. Um, so I want to know what you think about that and uh Odell's receiving props. Now, that is one of the surprising things throughout the season when it comes to less well, asking for well, in regards to Cam Akers, his rushing yards. That was a surprising thing throughout the postseason that the Bengals really didn't seem to have to deal with because mm -hmm. they went up in the Raiders game pretty, pretty thoroughly. So they the Raiders got out uh, a bad in a running game. You had the Titans who are trying to incorporate a player who hadn't played in, in um, uh, two, three months. 
So you're getting so he's getting touches instead of Deontay Foreman. So we didn't see a running back who's in motion. And then you go to the Chiefs game, and you still watch a team who did decide just decided not to run the ball and force things in the second half and, and got away from their running game. When they did run the ball, McKinnon, Clyde making 10, 10 yard runs, looking easy. So <laughs> that's why I personally won't go with somebody like Stafford or Cup having crazy games because if they stick to the ground game, that's how they're winning. As long as they don't put the ball on the ground and Cam Makers isn't fumbling the ball, I just see personally see that's how they can walk away with the game is just by taking their time running the ball. Now, if Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt and the D-line of the, of the Bengals decide to turn into hell beaters for one game and, and stick the line, of the line of scrimmage, then it becomes scary because you will have to abandon a play action. And if you don't have those – like I said, if you don't have those linebackers and safeties coming downhill – they're locking up the middle of the field. They're locking the middle of the field up. So I do think that Cam Akers, I think 63 and a half is kind of a biggish number for running backs in a game like this. But but at the same time, the game is slowed down because it is the biggest game. So you could see him maybe touching 60-ish, 63 and a half. You might be pinching on up, pinching on uh yards right there. But I could you could you could see him getting 63 and a half. In regards to Odell. See a lot of people on the over 63 and a half. I don't know if I'm a fan of it too much, but if he does get Eli Apple on him, then maybe I maybe definitely could see a 63 and a half because Eli Apple could get be, be burnt toast. So I mean at the end of the day, but if he gets a woozy on him or something like that, then I maybe that 63 and a half goes to around 58. He finishes out the game, maybe a touchdown or so, but I think for him personally, I would have went with maybe a reception or so over five and a half. I think is around the number for him. I think he's going to get a couple screen plays, a couple screen catches, especially if Cincinnati's playing off. So he'll get a, especially because they're going to be missing Higby coming out. So they need another person to be working over the middle. Odell and the backup tight end Blanton could be big for them. Blanton is another guy that if you guys want to take a look at maybe seeing what his numbers may be looking like, they incorporated him heavily in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So he could be used very well against them. But like I said, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are different beasts. They are, they will be on it. So it'll be hard to do it, but I do think they'll go target him at least. So those are a couple of mine that I'm liking. But in regards to yours, like I said, 63 and a half, those aren't crazy numbers, but I can see both of them going over, but I can also see them missing it by a couple, like maybe a yard or between a yard and five yards or something like that. That's the thing. I was literally saying the same thing in whichever, in whichever ways it ends up it'll only be by a few yards either way. So that's why I just went with under on Cam just because that is a lot of yards for a running back and over on Odell just because that's just how they play, and obviously I'm biased. <laughs> so we do hope that it is a good game, and like I said, our predictions come true. And we will catch y'all in the next episode. Make sure to go ahead on our Apple Podcast and Spotify. Go ahead and give us a five-star rating. We appreciate all the support that we're getting. On our Instagram, Twitter, all of our polls, we appreciate them. So anything you want to say to people before we head off? No, man, just be safe. Let's all have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Let's celebrate our final NFL Sunday of the year. Sadly, you know, bittersweet. It'll be probably the most important game, easily the most important game, but the last. So we'll try to enjoy it. We'll savor it. And I hope everybody's tickets hit, unless you got something that's not on here. Let's go. <laughs>